To weekend rental episode 66 we are your gaming geek culture podcast as always my name is ryan and i'm joined by andy hey and nate what's going on guys all right so you can follow all of our content and all the other wonderful content whether it be gaming um wrestling beer comics and more you can find all that wonderful stuff over at geekade.com what's your geek Let's kick things off with our opening segment, which is Buy, Rent, Burn. If you're new to the show, what we do is we all pick a game for a given system. System this episode, the Super Nintendo. We'll play the games that we've all picked individually and then decide which which of them we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Let's go through the list. Andy has gone with Excalibur 2097. Nate has gone with Phantom 2040. And I've selected Pitfall. So we will kick things off talking about Andy's game here. Excalibur 2097. We're going to read a little description. Um, according to GameFAQs, this one had some weird words in it, if I recall from reading it earlier. So here we go. Description Excalibur 2097. A dark night in the times of 2097. Uh, the Neo New York Special Forces have been decimated. Only two agents remain, slash, armed with an extraordinary uh, talismanic sword. And Alex, his beautiful partner, but Alex has been taken captive by Raptor, a tyrannical warlord on a quest for world domination. Slash must slice his way through an army of foot soldiers, uh, shape-shifting morphs, and patrolling cyberdynes to rescue his partner. Impossible, if not for the interdimensional capabilities of Slash's sword, the Excalibur. Oh, so is it the the same Excalibur from King Arthur? I think they're implying it. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, he, the guy's taken his name from it as well. I mean, if he's living his whole identity based on a sword, it's got to be a pretty special sword too. But it, it's sure. it's it's a pretty satisfying sword in all in all fairness. Um, it's got a nice reach to it. Gives life a nice cutting God, I action. I could say that. My, I mean, my yeah. wife too, probably. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really sure what you're talking about here if you're talking about an actual sword. Nice girth. <laughs> Interdimensional girth. Love that handle. Mm. It's a hilt. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... I mean, this game is... It, it's just an action hack and slash you're just you know kind of a platforming game but is mostly just going around slashing things with your sword and it's not bad but it's not something i would say is a great game either can i just point out something that i think most people will probably notice at this at this point in time about 10 seconds into this game um and listening to the soundtrack I couldn't have been the only one that yelled out Mortal Kombat. That's what it was. Yeah. The song. Okay. Yes. It's the Mortal Kombat song. I want to add to that, nuts. that I actually did yell Mortal Kombat. Okay, when so I did, did I like literally I was like, this is the song. And I screamed it where it should have been. And it yep. wasn't there. And I was disappointed, man. I, I mean, I was listening to it. I'm like, this is a ripoff of some song and I just can't place yep. it. But it's, yeah, wow. it's a ripoff of the 90s gaming wow. song. Mortal Kombat. 
<laughs> if only it had starred Doom Guy, this would be a complete <laughs> hack job. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, like you said, there's nothing special about it. It's a hack and slash action adventure game. Um, average visuals, <laughs> possibly pirate music. <laughs> but I, I found myself enjoying it. Um, I like that there's a block mechanic. Uh, there's an attack. There's like a, you know, your center jump. The block mechanic seems a little over, overpowered until you get to like that first boss. And then it's like this weird game of like block and parry, except in most games, like he would have had a set pattern that you could have actually like planned against and in this game. Certain times for me, at least he just got stuck. And like, he wouldn't just, he would just swipe the air until I took damage and then he would stop mm -hmm. really annoying. Um, but I liked it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not great, but as far as average hack and slash super NES stuff goes, if I was a kid, I'd have probably played the hell out of this. I liked it a lot as well. I think, uh, it's a game that gives you a lot of different moves and controls. So. Um, it makes you, I don't know. It just makes you play the game a little bit different. You know, there are a lot of hack and slashes that you just kill people all the way through. But when you have to like parry and block and actually use real moves, quote unquote, it makes it a little more interesting, a little more complicated. Um, the bosses were really weird though. Yeah, definitely. The boss was the first boss. The the guy that like the slowly walked guy, out. Yeah, shirtless guy. And he mm. just like randomly slashed at air. Like there was no patterning to it. Not in a way that made sense, which was very odd. The whole time when I was pressing, like I was trying to press start to get this guy moving faster or something so I can get fighting because he's shuffling across the screen. And I paused the game and I don't remember hearing it pause or anything like that. And I was just like sitting like now he's not moving and I can't move what's going on you and it turns it. out I, I paused the game um but I think the visuals are, are pretty good I, I feel like uh I really like them this was a fun game yeah I mean it was it was pretty satisfying I gotta say and like about the time that this game would have come out I would have been very into Highlander the series uh, so this oh, definitely would have been my yeah, jam. This is Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> this is Highlander. So, you know, I'd have been pretty into this back back in the day. I'm kind of surprised I hadn't heard of it. And it's a relatively inexpensive game, like 10, 10 15 bucks. So yeah. worth picking up for sure. Had you played it at all before, Andy? Or like how no. did you okay? I, I, just I, I, yeah, I was just uh I, I actually thought it would be a shooter, but oh yeah. When when I thought when I saw the name, but yeah, not bad at all. I kind of enjoyed it. Should we talk about our, our next game here? Um, this is Nate's pick, Phantom 2040. Description. You are the Phantom, searching for the evil Rebecca Madison in the vast city of uh, Metrophia. Um, and as head of Maximum Inc., she will stop at nothing to fulfill her twisted plans to control the world unless you can overpower her. Vicious bosses and hordes of... Sorry if you guys hear my cats in the background. Uh, vicious bosses and hordes of biotes programmed to destroy you relentlessly attack at every turn. But you strike back with an arsenal of heavy-duty weapons, including a smart gun, uh, induction rope, 
homing missiles, and many others. Those are the most generic names of any weapon. Uh, that's the description, more or less. Nate, what do you what do you got to say? I feel like I need more. Because I'm, um, I'm like just okay. itching to play okay, this okay. game. There's more. With <laughs> Weave your way through more than 60 incredible levels. Yeah. The danger is staggering. The fate of the city, the ecosystem, and all of humanity rests on your abilities. There we go. See, I, I think if you, you don't read the whole thing, then you're discounting my game. Especially when like it's a superior that, game. I felt like by admitting that part, I was giving people an accurate portrayal of your game. Did you say 60 <laughs> levels? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's at least 50 too many. So. Based on my. Easy. My Let me talk first and then you can. Okay. So crap all right, over right. it. No. Fantastic game. Phantom 2040. <laughs> Nate. Let's hear more about it. Yeah. I. This is actually. I would say very similar to Excalibur in a way. Um, it's platformer action. Um, I. I would compare it to to Metroid in a way where you're traversing through tons of different spaces and you kind of have to figure out where to go um, over and you're getting new abilities as you go through. It's a very enjoyable game. There's a lot of depth to it and it's tough to it's tough to it's tough to determine if this game's good or bad in the context that we play these games. So it's not, we're not throwing hours and hours into these games. I would agree that it's comparable to Metroid and the fact that you can walk left to right and jump. Um, I would argue <laughs> that it's not difficult to determine whether this is a quality or poor game based on the amount of time that we're given to play these. And you were right. There are a lot of power-ups, which they don't explain, that are hidden under a select menu that are super handy. Yes, it's a little There's clunky. also poor hit detection, iffy art style and enemies that take like 150 too many hits to be fun. I mean, I did like shooting the guy to be like a crippled nub and then like hucking him off the screen. I thought that was kind of satisfying in a very morbid way. I enjoyed that boss encounter, but outside of that, I just felt like I want to play a better one of these is kind of my takeaway. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm super. Well, you're definitely wrong. Cynical. Okay, thank you're you. you're way off. Okay, I'm way I feel off. like you've just been you've been holding this in and just ready to ready to just well, for let anyone me who, have it. For anyone who's listening, they wouldn't know, but we are a little bit off of our recording schedule, so I've had a few more days to really digest my thoughts on this <laughs> game that I normally would have, and they've all gone the route that uh, is not boding well for Nate's pick. I guess, of course. Because it's my pick. It has nothing to do with that. It's a bad game. I mean, there's so much depth to this game. I I would say there's 20 different endings. If you've read up, up on it a little bit, you're it talking comes about off things of, you haven't seen. It comes uh, it comes off of uh, a sweet cartoon that was short lived, which that came off remembers. of uh, Hey kids, remember 2040? And then Phantom, it came the off cartoon. of a, a a comic from the 30s. So I mean, people love this thing. Okay. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you for chiming in. I appreciate uh, that. I I did enjoy the game though. Um it comes around. I couldn't hear you. I yeah, it, think you said is, you enjoyed it. it it's Ryan, did you hear that? 
Guns are better than swords. Oh, no, I disagree. No, guns are always better than swords. 100%. A good sword is still worse than a not great gun. You give me a good gat, and I just have... That's what's up. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I I think I'll agree that the the enemies are not all that great in this game. If they would tighten that up, it would have been a lot better of a game. But overall, I mean, I think there's a lot more meat on this bone than Excalibur, which was uh, I don't know, Fantastic. pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Mm. Not a lot of depth. I mean, outside of a man and a purple unitard what wasn't straightforward about this in terms of action games in the super nintendo uh you could pick a level that's cool no no it's not cool because it drops (laughs) you on a map with your cursor over a spot that you cannot play and then like a dumbass you have to circle around the map until you can find the one little spot that you're allowed to go to it is not intuitive or interesting game design it is dumb shit for the sake of for the sake of like a map we're gonna give you an overworld map so you can feel like you're choosing something but really you're not like just put me in the level and you really have had a lot of time to digest this thing it's bad game design oh i can go to a level i'm not supposed to go to walk 10 feet in realize i can't get through the store and walk back out gee golly that's fun mom give me 10 more of those (laughs) yes i've had a lot of time had a lot of time i don't like it i think the one thing that stood out that I hated I'll crap on my own game it's okay was the enemy respawning that was kind of mm-hmm. obnoxious and the variety of enemies just wasn't it just really wasn't there and yeah, so that was frustrating years. but other than that it's probably the greatest game I've ever played just play he, a lot more games he does at least two more flips each time he jumps, then Excalibur does. So you guys realize he's sucking his own dick when he's doing that airspin, right? It's not like <laughs> Samus where she's like crouching into a ball. Like he's literally like gargling his own testicles as he does that jump. How long did it take you guys to figure out to like use the gun this? rope? Five seconds. Really? It took me rope? a long. Oh, time. it took me a little bit. Yeah, it took me a little bit. Yeah, it was like thirty seconds, and that I was like, I don't know what happens here. And, and then I thought it was a laser for for the longest time so i'm trying to kill enemies with this grappling hook i guess <laughs> but nothing was happening and uh yeah that was a little annoying as well i guess do you feel better ryan i said a couple no negatives. i think we've spent too much time on this compliment sandwich already. so let's move on to the third and final pick my pick pitfall the mine adventure uh this has a terrible description a vast labyrinth or labyrinth of interconnected levels guards the fabulous secrets of the Mayans. Ho- I don't think this is the right description. Hollywood produced sound effects and revolutionary animation technology creates an intense journey of excitement and discovery. Dare you take it? That can't. That's game faxes. That can't be the right. We're going to go with that, though. Um. So Pitfall, I guess, came out on the Super Nintendo Genesis. Everything. Jaguar. All that. Sega CD. Um, in this era, Pitfall still had a. I guess Pitfall was still a reputable name back then. People still remember Pitfall from the 2600. There had been a Pitfall in the NES. It wasn't good. Uh, and this was really like when 16 bit platformers were at their peak. 
Um, so they really put a lot of effort into making this game pay homage to, I guess, the original game, even though there's really not much to pay homage to because it's like a vine and alligator <laughs> pit and like <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, this I picked this game. <clears throat> and I think I picked it like remembering that I liked it and then I played it recently and didn't like it. But then I also remember that I think the last thing I played it on was the Jaguar. And that might have had something to do with why I hated it so much. <laughs> um, playing it on the Super Nintendo, the visuals are very good. Um, the animations are excellent. Sound effects are fine, if not better than average. Um, but what I've always thought about this game and what I remember back in the day is like, keep in mind, this is a game with very large sprites, at least your main character. It's a four by three resolution. This isn't 16 by nine. So the screen was a very tight already. And it's very difficult to see what's coming up. It's kind of like a trial by error. Um, and then the animation style of like lush detailed jungles also hides a lot of the things you need to see to progress through the game. So there's really no way to get through a level without failing quite a few times. Uh, maybe not dying, but going back and starting over to get there. Um, it controlled better than I remembered. I liked the animations better than I remembered. and. Um, the controls are really good. Like I, I got through the first level in like maybe five minutes and was on to the next. And I actually kind of remember why this game maybe sucked me in a little bit. I, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, but it's a really good platformer uh, given the hardware limitations. If you're willing to overlook the fact that some of the ambition in like level design and graphics maybe hinder you more than help you. Yeah, it's definitely subpar. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I, uh, this is by far like the best pitfall game. Um, I love, I love the animations, like the running animation and just that movement. Um, it is very different on the Super Nintendo. There weren't a lot of games doing that quite yet. Um, and I really like. I mean, it kind of. I don't know. Did Aladdin come before or after? They've been close. I guess I couldn't. Yeah, tell I mean, it's just similar animation style, similar movements. You know, mm -hmm. with the you get a lot of like bounciness in the run and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a really good game. There's, I would agree. Like the background, you know, the lush kind of jungle hides a lot, which is kind of frustrating. And but I think it's a really solid game. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the animations are definitely the thing that stands out right away. Um, and you're going to have some quick deaths right away, sure. Um, but once you learn, you know, learn the patterns of certain things, get through it, find the way out. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I had this game when I was a kid on the Sega, nice. so I played it quite a bit on there and i'm trying to remember if there's any differences or not it doesn't seem like there's a ton maybe I'm i just like sound, i but... will forever love that like weird like spiral vine that you just like spin your guy around like that's that is the cool. best animation in any game i could just do that for like an hour and i'd be okay when you fall into a pit does he give you the thumbs up as he's sinking oh i never fell into one maybe uh... Yeah, I felt like uh, I yeah. felt like like as he's going down, he's doing like thumbs up, like it's okay. Like I'm doing dying, the everyone. Don't cry. It's like Kai. the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for sure that like that's like its detriment, right? Like they were going for a visual showpiece, not like a enjoyable or controllable game. I mean, they they somehow kind of stumbled across those two things, but <coughs> it was definitely a visual priority as far as and I and I guess like maybe you know in a world where this came out kind of later in the life cycle, like where you had Donkey Kong Land or Donkey Kong Country, like maybe that was the thing, right? Like you had to have something that knocked people's socks off because the next gen was coming, but I feel like there could have been more done to make it a better platformer. I feel like the animation and graphics are crisper than Donkey Kong. Not the second one, but the first one for sure. Donkey Kong Country. I feel like there's this weird haze over that game that I don't know. Yeah, it's like a fluid, like sprite driven game instead of like the 3D recording right yeah this game has much more like a exploration feel to it too you know just because mainly just because of the the smaller area i would imagine just because you have to backtrack a lot and go higher and lower and that type of thing to to find the exits Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting it's interesting that even at that time they could dust off like the pitfall name and people were still, cause let's be honest, like when we were kids, I don't know about you guys, but I for sure was like, Oh, a new pitfall. This is going to be the big deal. And then they kept doing that over. Like, I think there was one on the PlayStation, which was awful. I don't know. There was probably one in like the Wii PlayStation two era. I don't know. There, there's but, one on the Wii. I know. Yeah. They really ran that dry. They tried to kickstart it in like five years ago. Oof. Poor David Crane. Yeah. Doesn't deserve to be done like that. <clears throat> Let's go back through, give our verdicts, which games we would personally buy, rent, or burn. Um, interesting play field. We all had kind of similar-ish games. Andy, what do you think? I think all three of these quality-wise are the exact same. And I can't really make a judgment. I would I would rent all three if I could. They're not amazing and they're not bad they're just kind of in the middle there so i'm gonna rank them by i don't know arbitrarily <laughs> and my my buy is good gonna, enough system my buy is gonna be pitfall just because of the nostalgia factor of owning it as a kid uh my rent is gonna be phantom 2040 okay b- because um it made me realize a very good joke in Venture Brothers, because one of the enemies is called Phantom Limb, and he's dressed up exactly like this dude. He's in the purple <laughs> suit and everything. And his whole thing is like his arms and legs are uh, invisible, so he's just like a floating torso everywhere. It's pretty pretty good. Nice. So, uh, new appreciation on an old old joke that definitely deserves a rent. And uh, my burn is Excalibur, just because, I don't know, Futuristic Swordman, I'd rather probably play Strider than uh, than this. And like oh, you said, man. it's a little bit too 90s nowadays. <laughs> I feel like you sold your own game a little short. But yeah. Interesting. Nate, what do you think? I'm buying my game. <laughs> I'm so full of jokes tonight. Um, I'm going to buy... Uh, this just pisses me off that I'm even going to do this. Because you made me mad. 
That's what I do. I'm buying Pitfall. I love that game. It's great. I love the animations. I like the sound effects, actually. I like... Yeah, I like that game. Um, And there is probably a nostalgic factor of some sort there. And my rent is going to be Phantom. And my burn is going to be Excalibur. I don't like playing with swords. Ryan, what do you got? I am... Surprisingly, I'm also gonna buy Pitfall. I threw it on the list as like the throwaway game because I I did play it recently again. I mean, I loved it as a kid, but I played it recently, like two years ago, and just was like, "What the hell was I thinking?" And then playing it again and like figuring out the mechanics. It's a beautiful game. It plays pretty well. I like it. I dig it. Um, so I guess I'll buy that. But I agree with Andy. Like these are all like. These are all perfectly B tier action platformer games on a great console that had better versions of like all of this stuff. Um, so it's hard. I think these are all probably about equal, but I'll go with pitfall nostalgia. I just, the, the, the animation is what does it. I'm going to, I'm going to rent Excalibur um, mostly because of my Highlander affinity at the time that I mentioned when this came out, I really liked their swords in it. Um, a real dumb game jump block slash and um i'm gonna burn phantom i just that one i don't know i just didn't like i mean it was fine i played a good amount of it i just feel like i've played better versions of those games it's not awful like and it's again they're all like nah, well i mean that has nothing to do with it i mean everything to do with it uh but they're, they're all like same tier right like all of these games you can pick up and have an okay time with for an hour or two I agree. Um, but that one, like, just, you know, you throw nostalgia of Pitfall in there for me, love of Highlander in there. Like, of course, Phantom's going to fall below those two. So I guess it is my burn, but these are all good. In reality, everybody wins. should rent all of these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fun. And all cheap uh, games, too. Yeah. I will say Pitfall is like the horror of like, <laughs> the time frame that this came out it's as bad as zoop for being on like everything that can <laughs> run it it's bad like it's got a million one ports it's ridiculous poor pitfall harry it's funny that both you know we played two activision games and one of them is ported everywhere the other one not what was the other activision one phantom no excalibur i think oh was it okay yeah. i wasn't paying attention yeah that's weird right yeah. David Crane's work probably. Hmm. Well, another Byron burning the books. Let's move past Byron Burn. Um, I just want to take a moment, just let you guys know that I'm not okay. What's wrong? I mean, right? Teenagers scare the living shit out of me. Teenagers? 
teenagers. Okay. Because I'm talking about the My Chemical Romance Reunion North America Tour. Nobody cares, but I got tickets. And it's sold out in six hours. Is it cool. Are the teenagers into that anymore? Or no? no, but the four the forty year olds are because <laughs> yeah. we bought out all their shows very quickly, and I get to go, and I'm excited. Is there like a? Uh, at what point does it become more of like a teenage angst, emo, depression? More to like a midlife yeah, crisis. It, so that's exactly what this is. They might have might as well have just called it like the like midlife crisis tour. Because not only is the band all in their 40s, but like all of their fans are too. But yeah. uh, I was pretty excited. I didn't think they would ever get back together. They're a weird band, right? Like they were huge, probably the la- arguably like the one of the last of like the big rock bands of like the MTV era when that still mattered. And all of their albums being like persona albums, like they never did like a straightforward album. It was always like there was some persona they were donning. It was strange. But um, yeah, I was pretty excited. I... I guess I wouldn't put them in like my top tier of like greatest bands of all time, although I think they're very good, but I do think they have two albums that are fantastic. And I've been going back through and listening to them again since I bought tickets as you would. And, uh, still good. Still good. I'm excited to see very aged, my chemical romance. I'm excited that I'm one of like 250,000 people in the U S that managed to get tickets. So that was good. Hey, congrats. Go me. That's pretty cool. I'm excited. When was the last time that they put out something? 2012, I think. Like Danger really? Days, I think, was their last album. Wow. Which was fine. It didn't do very well. Like, I mean, MTV was mostly gone by then. It was, it was good. But yeah, Black Parade and Three Cheers. You can't, you can't beat that. So, I'm, I'm excited. It'll be nice to see them too before they put out a new album in theory, so they can't like ruin their legacy yet. I still get to see them while they're on a re- reuniting high. Do you think they try something like weird and new then? I feel like they were already weird and new anyway, so probably I mean th- that's the thing, right? Is like I like them. There's no way they're gonna put out an album that's gonna be living up to anyone's expectations. Like I don't think Tool really knocked that out of the park last year. And uh, I don't think any, yeah. I don't think MCR is going to do that with whatever they put out next. But you are a super be. fan if you come up with the acronyms. I didn't come up with MCR. I love MCR. Everybody knows MCR. I have no idea. I just think it's no, like they're... an affiliate of NPR. No, they're, <laughs> they're great. They're You're listening Black to Parade MCR went, like, Radio. Black Parade just went uh, triple platinum in the UK. So. I'm not the only one, man. I'm not the only one. That, plus, they sold all the meat in Milton Keynes, is it? Milton Keynes, yeah. Like, Bowl, that's like 65,000 people. They sold out like three back-to-back shows. Really? Wow. So, I'm not the only one who's excited. Just saying. I'm happy for you. I am happy, too. I'm surprised you had enough energy to uh, to purchase the tickets post 50% off sale. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we trekked down to uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for our annual fifty percent off sale. And uh, I think you were mistaking annual for anal. Our our fifty <laughs> no? percent oh, anal sale. Okay, just just that happens more than once a year. No, that's <laughs> yeah, that's not just a once a year. <laughs> the quarterly, right? So we woke up at uh, 
I don't know. I think Ryan got to my house at five fifteen. Yeah, he picked up uh, Andy in Wapiton. Andy smoked a deer just for. And good he measure. smoked a deer oh, yeah. on his on his way there. We uh, fuck we... you! I got games to buy deer. <laughs> Get out of my way! You were the happiest guy I've ever met. Like post deer hitting. <laughs> Yeah, I thought we pulled up the parking lot. He just gets out of the car laughing like, that motherfucker, (laughs) I'm going to buy these games anyway. (laughs) Yeah, and then we cruise down to uh, Watertown to pick up our friend Brandon. Friend of the show. And uh, I guess we could just go friend, friend Brandon, yes. Just just friend. And we we enjoyed Sioux Falls with a crazy sale. I, I wasn't, I would say it's not, wasn't the best sale. That we've had. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of people, which was kind of annoying. Well, so so the problem is, is like the store we go to is like games, movies, books, vinyl, um, and CDs. And like in years past, they had always broken those up over one weekend, over a month. In the last two years, they've been like, nope, all of that stuff is fifty percent off on the same day. So like every collector from every corner of those things comes out and it's just nuts. This year was super nuts. Yeah. I feel like this is the worst year for sure. As far as people looking for vinyl books, et cetera. I mean, it was still a lot of fun, but I did make an observation that uh, was just kind of interesting. So I feel like last year there were, a, there was a line of people for kiosks, and if you've never been to this sale, they have a lot of their cart-based games on a computer kiosk. And as you sift through their inventory, you print off tags, take those tags, bring them to the counter, pay for your items. And it's kind of annoying because there's multiple kiosks, which means there's a potential for but people multiple, to print off the same stuff. Two. So There's two kiosks. Was there two or three? There's only two. Yeah. Only two. Which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy next to you could be printing off the same game and it's just a matter of who can get to the counter first. And uh, what I thought was interesting this year was there was quite a few people in front of us and I was surprised on the amount of people that took a left towards the books <laughs> and and there weren't many video game people in front of us and I was the first one at the kiosk this year and everyone was just going straight to PS4, it was, Xbox. It was PS2 and Xbox 360 was the biggest which is what we've been hearing is yeah. like that's the shift. Yeah, it was just this weird thing that you could easily get to the kiosk and Look for because normally you'd queue up in line behind like eight other people. Yeah, yeah, yep. And yeah, that was really interesting. Was surprised by that. And the amount of people that like buy books was nuts. I also like it's interesting because like in years prior, uh, we've had a game plan where we all like talk about like especially Nate and I because Nate and I are both like NES guys. So this year we're all busy. Nobody had time. I almost bailed on this whole thing. Um, so nobody had time to plan and like. Last year, Nate and I had a game plan of which games we were getting, which ones we needed. If we both needed them, we were going to um, admirably just like do a rock, paper, scissors and kind of take them. So just a little inside scoop for you guys. Like I, I sat next to Nate at his kiosk and went through them like we did the year prior. And here's how this went. So when we would go through and we would look at games, I would call out, I need a game. And Nate would turn his head 
very sharply, look directly in my eyes and say, I do too, which was like Nate's way of politically saying, get fucked, asshole. <laughs> and this happened at both stores. Um, and I got none of the games that we both needed because he just took them. And then when we got to the second store, I loved it because there was Frankenstein or whatever it's called. And it's like a hundred dollar game now. And I was like, Nate, I need that. He's like, I do too. Just like the same dead look. Like I'm like, all right, man, Like we don't have to get, it's not a big deal. It's fine. And then I knew we had it. So then in the car, I was like sneaking it out of the bag and he's like, don't you touch that. Don't you touch that. And then he gets home, admits he finally owns it. Cause I knew we did. And then he's like, I don't know, man, it was a spending one. It was a hundred bucks. You got that. He's like, we can trade if you don't have the money. I'm like, so not only am I not good enough to get Nate's scraps, <laughs> I am too poor to afford them. And I was just like, wow, buddy. It was a hundred bucks. That's what it was a $99 expensive. game. But yeah, I laughed my ass off. I was like, dude, you're beating me up for the $50 I wanted to spend on the, own, the one game I wanted anyway. Oh, gosh. <sighs> so I'm telling you people. If you join Weekend Rental for a Game Hunt and you're all for NES and Nate's on the scene, prepare. That man I think is that's cut just that, across that the is, board. That man is cutthroat. There are so many times we're all like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. Hey, can you pick this up? And it's clearly like, no, I'm not getting that for you. It, like, everyone's attitude and personalities change to just, like psychos. I just loved it. Like, I do too, bro. Like, shoulders up, like, hand, head cock. Like, no. I do too. Did I Need really it. do that? <laughs> Every time. Oh my it only gosh. happened on like four games, but I was just like dying laughing. I feel and like, like the biggest tool ever this. now. Oh, no, no. Dude, it was like SNK football. Like it was, nobody cares. But it was just hilarious. Oh my gosh. Ugh. And then you were like, this is yeah, I'm not planned, even interested though. in. Ryan was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in video games. I'm looking for vinyl. And yeah. then I'm at the kiosk and I was like, okay. No plan. I'm doing my thing. And then he comes up. He's like, hey, can you get this game for me? And I'm like, no. I'm like the sidler. This was clearly not part of the plan. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It was. I did get some really good vinyl, though, so it was still worth it. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know. I'm a big punk rock fan. So I guess like like some really early, like all albums, like some swinging udders refused. So I I did good. Did you say swinging udders? Swinging, swinging udders, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it, even though I, I, I did get like a minty ass copy of like Drunkard Who and the Master Chew. Master yeah, Chew that and the thing Drunkard was Who? amazing. That was yeah. incredible. Yeah, for 25 bucks, which is great. With and the Andy, sleeve. Yeah. I didn't know Color Dreams made sleeves, but they apparently did. And who knew? It's that was it's one of the best looking. finds, I think. I don't, yeah. Well, see, I don't know because like I didn't see a lot about Brandon. God, I know he got some good stuff. And Andy, like you're always the guy who's like three bags deep by the end of it. So I never see everything you got, but you must have gotten some decent stuff. Yeah, I got a lot of good stuff. It none of it was like crazy good, but fifty percent off day. You know, it's pretty much anything is going to be worth it for the most part. Yeah, my biggest pickup was probably a week long fever. But other mm. than that. It's too bad. I'm glad we didn't share the Jolly Rancher like we talked about <laughs> right back. It's okay. I've got two apple flavored ones. We don't have to share. I'm sure I. It had to have been that Wendy's. Ugh. That was the stuff of nightmares. I've never seen a brand new Wendy's look so filthy on the inside and be run completely by what I assume had to be ex cons. 
So memories, good stories. Yeah. Well, we also got to take, you know, that and go down to D wolves, which is a gem of a store in Iowa city, which we have to take Nate to, which is Sioux city. Like, yeah, it's not Iowa city. You're right there. Sioux city. Um, which gosh, that's an amazing store. Not just for games, just like the amount of like nostalgic shit he manages to like cram into every nook and cranny of that store. I love it. He's got everything. I mean, that was when you guys were building this place up. I was like, yeah, you know, I've seen a ton of video game stores. It can't be that good. And to actually show up to this rundown place that is barely, barely standing up. And then you walk in and it's walls all the way down. You can find Sega Dreamcast games, Sega CD, TurboGrafx-16, Super Famicom, um, Repros. There's tons and tons and tons of stuff. It was it was so awesome. Figurines, Ninja Turtles, all of that stuff. It was great. Collector cards, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was a fun trip. It was awesome that Brandon got to come along with us, too. So it was nice to hang out with new people. He's probably like, never again, man. Those three guys, never again. That's accurate. Yeah. So speaking of um, repros, you guys uh, hear the good news on the Amica or Amico in television, whatever they're calling it. Isn't that a gas station? No, it's this amazing (laughs) success. Uh, They sold out. They sold out of their pre-order of this fantastic new retro console. All gone. All 2,600 units. Um, It's an overnight success. 2,600 units? 2,600 units. That's so many. I know. Wasn't it 100% refundable or something (laughs) like that? Like there was no probably, skin and it's in the also game. not the full cost of the console. Yeah, yeah. There was there was something that I looked at that I'm like, well, it's not really a pre-order per se in the general yeah. sense. But Tommy Tallarico was very excited about the fact that they had like unloaded 2,600 of these Phantom consoles. That clearly, clearly, that's enough of a number to deem it a market success. All their efforts have not been in vain. Although I will applaud Tommy. And the Intellivision team for probably putting out the only retro console that's actually going to exist in 2020 because we all know the VCS is not. It's not coming. Maybe. Maybe. That's that's optimistic. Well, well, they might show up in their hotels. That's about it. Oh. How did we forget about the hotels? Eight destination hotels across the United States will be opening up Atari branded. Uh, because they are going to feature e-gaming hubs, VR, and um, online game dens, which are all the things that Atari is known about and known for in the gaming industry. Certainly not archaic. I was going to ask, like, what what VR are they using? <laughs> are they just like hooking up PS4s <laughs> to like to the wall or what? Yeah, so the best part is is like the company that has teamed up with them to build these hotels paid them $600,000 and is giving them 5% of profit. So basically, wow. Atari is just siphoning money off of like these poor assholes who can't possibly make this work. Because who looks at Atari and is like, yes, that's... I think there's some quote too, like, 
it will be everyone wants to know what it's like to step inside of an atari i'm like no i don't and what would that look like dusty (laughs) yes vacant black i don't need to know this tobacco stands stains everywhere and Uh, oh that's not good and just the mock-ups at the outside of these hotel buildings with like that draping like atari logo from the 70s what are they thinking what do you think the cost per room is 39.99 39.99 like it's going to be equivalent to a motel six no <laughs> i think you're going to try and charge like at least like premium rate for that instead of we'll leave the light on for you we'll flip the switch on for you we'll blow the card out for you <laughs> i think i think the esports thing might be a smart idea Sure. Like if you, if you specialize in like we're making a destination where you can easily you know schedule a esports tournament you know and have lodging and all that right there. But there's just like no brand recognition between that and Atari, which oh no mind. no. But I agree with you. The concept of that makes sense, but tying it to Atari does not. I don't know. They say grounds breaking this year on the first one. The closest one to us, I think, will be Chicago. Hmm. I'll be surprised if that gets built. Like, if they make the one outside of, like, is it Phoenix is the first one? I think. I'm not sure. Terrible. Hmm. Well, when we go to MGC, that's the hotel we'll stay in. Hour and a half away. Just to be in the Atari room. <laughs> Good plan. Do they call it the 5200 suite? The doorknob doesn't work. It just like jiggles loose. <laughs> but it's big. It's <laughs> you can put a six pack in it. <laughs> so speaking of resurrecting things from the dead, I heard World of Warcraft three got re- remade or remastered or bastardized. Is that or just a- or just put out <laughs> again? I guess I don't know. For, from worse? the sounds. Of- I mean, I really like that game, and I it just seems like it's pretty much they didn't really put a lot of work into it. They just kind of maybe upresed it a little bit and kind yeah. of did not go through kind of what their trailer said they were going to do years ago. So there's a lot of people mad. Well, apparently, like they opened, they, they like upgraded the opening cinematic, but like all the rest of the in game cinematics are just like the same. Oh, sure. Like, so they didn't even bother to give it, like, the full treatment. <laughs> and then there was reports of people saying that, like, all in-game created content, like, through their creation engine is, like, the intellectual property of Blizzard and not your own. Because apparently, like, Dota came out of oh, the yeah. mod community for the original Warcraft 3, which I didn't know. Yeah. So. So they're just trying to say that if you create Dota 3, three we own it? Yeah, Blizzard publishes that. Wow. Is how it works. Okay. Who's going to do that anyway right now? Go back to war. I think the game types that came out of Warcraft 3 have probably happened by now. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there was a reason the industry moved away from those types of games at that point. Not that they weren't good in their time, but I don't know. That was, I just remember that being such a big game because it was cross-platform online play between, like, Mac and PC. 
Mm-hmm. I remember that being like the big thing because like that was right around that era where the iMac was huge. So there was actually like a pretty good consumer install base for like Mac products. Um, probably as big as there's been since the early or late 80s, maybe with the Apple II. And uh, I feel like if that hadn't been the case, maybe Warcraft 3 wouldn't have been as loved by a lot of people. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty rose-colored now compared to, like, World of Warcraft, right? It seems so quaint sure. compared to that, but when it came out, it was a big deal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That was for sure, like, the biggest thing on the gaming radar back when gaming was still, like, relatively underground. Yeah. I mean, that was what people knew Blizzard for, that and Diablo 2, which were just, like, phenomenal back-to-back like successes. And then, wow. Yeah. Yeah, this seems kind of like a joke, though. Like if they've they said they've been working on this for years, you know, and it's like, what what were you working on? I don't know. <laughs> Diablo they, Immortal. <laughs> don't you got, have a phone? Yeah. <laughs> I think I read they got to the point where they just turned it on automatic refunds. So all you have to do is just click a button, say I want a refund, and they just it just refunds immediately. That's terrible. Well, I guess like apparently like if you try to boot into your original Warcraft three, it like forced you to update the game. So I don't even know if like it was possible if you had purchased an older version, like I don't know if that's through steam or the blizzard blizzard launcher, but like, I think it like bastardized what you had to begin with. Weird. So if you own it already, you can, you get this upgraded for free. Right, like they would upgrade to like a current engine. Well, at least probably the new terms. I don't know how much of that's true. Like I'm just talking about some things I'd heard, but people were not happy. Yeah. Seems like they could have done better on that. Probably. You know what they couldn't have done better on? What's that? Duck game. The greatest game (laughs) ever. So, so duck game for anyone who isn't familiar is like, I guess I would describe it as maybe a battle Royale game meets Contra meets smash TV with ducks that apparently was put out a few years ago by adult swim games. Um, I came into my household through the humble Australian wildlife fundraiser thing. You bought a bunch of games that were all Australian based, um, 25 bucks. All the proceeds went to the fire uh so i got it on pc it quickly took over my house um i now own it on ps4 and switch and uh, it continues to take over my house and it might be the best like family couch co-op murder duck game simulator in existence i'm just just i mean there's a quack button it just makes you quack that's ingenuity and that's the before game untitled goose game yeah, oh, yeah, that's that right. Is. Goose game would not exist were it not for Duck Game. <laughs> yeah, I played that for the first time where you introduced it to me. Uh, we were playing, yes. um, I guess, PS4. PS4 or PS Share or whatever it is. It would do the share play because apparently like the online is broke with PS4 version. I don't know why, but. Yeah, that was, I mean, it wasn't to my advantage by any no, no. means. I was lagging so bad playing that game, but it's just one that, and you just laugh so hard as you play through. Like Ryan, you were 
like killing me and then picking me up and then quacking or something like that. And yeah. you're laughing like wouldn't stop. My and new so, my new jam is to teabag and quack at the same time. I find that very effective to people. <laughs> and you're running like you're grabbing all these weapons. So if you never played the game, there's this map um, with weapons everywhere. And uh, it it's, there are some levels where there's just like one weapon in between you and you're both running after the weapon. Whoever gets it, it might be a sword or whatever. Or you run and it's just a nerf gun and nothing happens. Or my and, favorite, the one where it's only the guns that like tie you up in Ziploc bags. Then you have to grab that person and throw them in a molten lava pit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's satisfying. I mean, there, it's just, it's over the top, but it is... Like you, you would look at the game and say, "Oh, this is just a ten-minute game," and hours go by playing it, and you're like, "Oh, we just we just threw two hours into this high-paced, ridiculous game." Yeah, it's uh, and I would agree. Like, you're, it, you're not wrong. It is a ten-minute game, but you'll play like three ten-minute bursts, and then like just walk it off and come back the next day. Like we, uh, so Monday, yeah, Monday this week. The family, my wife, my two kids, we sat down and we played a 40 minute round of duck game because the way it works is like the first person who gets to 10 kills, if somebody doesn't surpass them or tie them, like that's game because it's got like this weird like halftime show with there's like a football field and stuff. It took the four of us 10 rounds for someone to make it because we'd killed each other. You can simultaneously kill each other. There's not always a victor. Like if everybody dies too close to people like headshot each other. Anyway, 40 minutes, 40 minutes, the four of us played and my daughter came out the victor. It was pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so much fun. Like the the amount of screaming that takes place. I'm surprised my ears aren't bleeding uh, from from the outrage in this household. But yeah, man, that is uh, that is a great game no matter what platform. I will say I will knock the switch version a little bit because. For whatever reason, they like nerfed the quack. The quack is like much more subdued in the Switch version. Where on like the PC and PS4, it's like way more obnoxious, like loud throaty duck sound, <laughs> which I appreciate more. But uh, you really can't go wrong. It's it's a game anyone can play. You know, maybe five to fifty, and uh, you're all gonna have a good time. Hmm. Ducks are assholes. That's facts. So I was reading um, an article on Tech Radar, and uh, it just it just caught my eye a little bit because I know you guys have played a lot of these games. I haven't, um, but it was it was talking about the Witcher treatment or the Witcher effect, and uh, I don't, Andy, you've played Witcher, right? Yep. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's no secret that Witcher is this huge game and TV show now, and it's really getting a lot of love on Netflix. And so the article started going through uh, like five games that shouldn't get the Witcher uh, treatment. So turn into some kind of Netflix series. So I wanted to run this list by you. Uh, And you can tell me if that's accurate, if it would be a good series or not, maybe. Um, So the first one was Bloodborne. Hmm. Not playing it. I, I don't know enough about the it's Dark the Souls, right? Yeah. 
But it's kind of got like a Victorian horror. Horror or horror? Horror. Which is nothing new. <laughs> right? Yeah. The second one was uh, Mirror's Edge, which I haven't played. I, there's no way that would adapt to a show at all. That's I... like, that's like I don't know, man. It's like parkour with like a GoPro step, strapped to your chest. Did that really work? Nobody even wanted the sequel that everybody wanted. Nobody wanted the sequel that everybody wanted. So Mirror Mirror's Edge is like a weird first person shooter park or first person parkour game that was like an underground hit. So when EA finally made the sequel, like what five years ago, that everybody was just clamoring for, like nobody bought it. It was an abysmal failure, and is another cult classic. But yeah, I mean that. I mean, that, I I just don't see a mainstream audience for that. Okay, the third one, The Last of Us. I think had that been in two thousand five, sure. I think but, it could work as a movie, not as a series. But not a fresh yeah. idea. Right. I mean, there's too many zombie shows right now. It's oversaturated. Yeah. Maybe a movie, like you said. <laughs> Isn't there a TV show called The Last of Us? It's like a one that my wife cries all the time to. There's The Last Frontier. No, I think there's The Last of Us. I'd have to put some thought to it. Okay. It's the one that every time I walk up, she's crying. This is oh. us, right? It's just your. Oh, this is watching us. your yeah. wedding video. Oh, Ryan, or or is she like watching it? Like, why did I do this? <laughs> I have no idea. That was where um, I was going. Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Uh, number four, Metro 2033. God, I feel like that falls in the same vein as The Last of Us to some extent. Yeah, there's a there's a More pretty sci-fi? rich world there. Yeah. It's, it's kind of post-apocalyptic, you know? Okay, the, the fifth one, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this one. Uh, Untitled Goose Game. Yes. Okay. Why this could this absolutely work. The, the the thing is, is like people didn't realize, but they've been watching 35 years of Untitled Goose Game, and it's just been called America's Funniest Home Videos, and it hasn't always <laughs> featured a goose. Just but, Bob Saget? Yeah, pretty much. So if if we just had Bob Saget's like weird voice that he does in each... I'm a wacky goose! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't totally work. So if you could pick Pick one game for the Witcher treatment. Space Pirates. Space Pirates? <laughs> Space Pirates from the 3DO, okay. yep. Okay. And Laser Active. American Laser Active knew what they were doing. What about Phantom on the Super Nintendo? Oh, boy. Oh, they could do it. <laughs> Just deep sigh. I would really, to be honest, I would really like to watch Kojima make anything feature film length metal gear related not because i think it would be good but because i think it would be so bad that it would be great it would be strange uh-huh extremely strange he i mean he can make anything it doesn't have to be even metal gear just kojima whatever i'm surprised they haven't had like a metal gear movie that is kind of surprising to me just cuz you have the character you have some weird backstory i don't know 
it would be tough to rein him in on a movie when you only have like an hour and a half or two hours. Cause he's, he always gets down those rabbit holes where he spends like 40 minutes on something so like detailed that has nothing of consequence on the story at all. You know? Yeah. It'd just be tough to rein him in on a, a succinct story. I think Zelda, you could pick any number of the Zeldas and actually make a pretty decent show out of it. Oh, I'd have a hard time watching that. I would be so nervous they would. I mean, just like I, I'm Mario sure they would game. mess it up. They, I mean, they have every every opportunity to mess it up for sure. But right, yeah, I just don't picture that being a good situation. <laughs> Taking like one of my favorite games, be like, yeah, we're gonna make Breath of the Wild movie. I, I don't know if that would be. I don't think you can capture that in motion picture. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, it's the toughest part is Link isn't, I mean, outside of Breath of the Wild, he really hasn't been much of a character anyway, right? Wasn't the game about Zelda? Isn't, isn't he the main character? I, I mean, that's debatable, I guess, but I think just everybody lost their mind (laughs) to this day. People still like make that like, uh, that mess up of Zelda and Link and people lose their mind and people are doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. That's what There's... they're going to do. They're going to make a movie, The Legend of Zelda, and they're going to make Link Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't really do any any studying on that. And then, yeah, the world's going to lose their mind. There's no princess. There's no nothing. Right, because nobody knows what yeah. the princess is. They just, they just know Zelda is this this guy that walks around the map. <laughs> Sounds like a great movie to me. You'd watch it. I would. I mean, there's going to be a point where Zelda is going to be the main character. One of these games, I'm sure of it. I'd like to see it. I think Hyrule Warriors was as close as she'll get. I didn't, I didn't ever played it, but really, she, yeah. oh, that's good. You like it? If you were loosely interested in those games, like the Warlords games or Onimusha, and that kind of, I don't know, <clears throat> they're good. Yeah, it's weird how like a Zelda coat of paint just kind of makes them fun. Yeah. I mean, there are probably like, what, 101 Zelda games by now? About that. But are they wonderful? Nah. I don't know. We'll see what the Kickstarter says. So, can we talk about what a Kickstarter is supposed to do? <laughs> and and what the Wonderful 101's Kickstarter actually did? Because usually it's to crowdfund a project that needs money to see completion but I feel like Platinum just kind of opened a Kickstarter pre-order for a game that they were already going to port and release anyway. Because it's coming out in April. April! Okay, yeah. Maybe not the other platforms, but it seems weird, right? Yeah, I didn't know about that part. (laughs) I thought, to me, I thought it made complete sense. You know, people have been, it's like one of those vocal minorities where you just have to be like a, 
put your money where your mouth is type thing. Kind of like all platinum games, like feverish, small fan base. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, if they, if it's coming out that soon, it's probably already happened. You know, the work's pretty much done already. Yeah. I thought it made sense. I think what they launched it at like one Oh one too, like, and then it was within an hour, they had like a hundred thousand dollars. Like yeah. it's just stupid. Yeah. Have you, have you played the wonderful one one? Uh, yeah, very briefly. And it just felt really awkward on the Wii U. Okay. And I, I own it. I'm pretty sure it's still shrink wrapped. I could look and find it, but I don't know where it's at over here, but I have not, I, don't, I have not, I've watched gameplay. seems like it would be okay. Right. Yeah. I think what intrigued me most about it was like, it felt very, and they, and I, they allude to it in some points in the game I've heard is, uh, um, what's his name? Why am I blanking all of a sudden? Uh, GameCube franchise. Pikmin? Beautiful Joe. Oh, Beautiful Joe. Okay. There's some Beautiful Joe influence, and I really like sure. those games. So, And yeah, you're right. The Pikmin, yeah, for sure, is there. I mean, is this a game that you would buy? I mean, I, obviously, I don't think any of us would kickstart this, but like no. for 40 bucks, would you want to buy this again? No. Yeah, I don't think I'm in that boat either. I'm actually surprised it's happening. I thought for sure that this would have been one of the few Wii U games that would have stayed on the Wii U, but yeah, I thought Pikmin three would get released over this yep. or sooner than this. Pikmin three is probably still still coming, but yeah, there's not many left. No, let's just kickstart them all. <laughs> Twenty thousand dollars, give me tank, 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 please. <laughs> I think you could buy the entire stock of Tink Tink Take for twenty thousand at this point. It's really not wrong. By the rights. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I mean most people appreciate platinum to some extent, so to see something that they put a probably a good amount of work into come out on a platform that didn't really have a fan base. I mean, it's going to sell way more copies out of the gate, probably through the Kickstarter than it ever did on the Wii U. So yeah. good for them. Rec- recoup some of like that time and investment. So I'm sure it'll be just fine. It's a, I mean, the switch is like a good home for a game like that. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is like, sure. You could have just released it quietly to the eShop, but it, <laughs> with the eShop being still a horrendous black hole of death, <laughs> you really do need a Kickstarter or some sort of physical release to get that in people's hands, which that was another topic. Like it's not on our list, but like outer worlds or it's, it's coming out physically, but not. And I think like, that's a perfect example of like the horrible state of the eShop too on the switch is sure. They could have just done the digital and it is just the digital version of the game, but having that like physical box and store shelves is probably going to sell more copies because as soon as you drop something in the eShop, it's just buried by like $53 or less games that came out that same week. So. Yeah, dropping a $60 game on there doesn't seem like it's going to work if it's not no, a it's Nintendo not, game. It's not worth your time to port if you can't get it on store shelves. Yeah, Well, Even I mean, you don't really empty. have to worry too much about things on store shelves. Anyways, you just walk up and look for a card with the game on the card for you to download. <laughs> 
Well, in so essence, will be stupid. But it will be a card in the case for you to card, download. Well, I'll be amazed if there's a case. No, there's a case. There is with yeah, the card the whole, in it. That's the whole thing. Is they're selling a physical case with a download card in it. Oh, I think so. People that. are like freaking out, and I'm like, no, I totally get that because it, it would end up in eShop hell if it if it didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. that's but so at the weird. same time, like, yeah, why why the case at that point? Well, because of the eShop, I think that's my yeah. suspicion. I still find that concept so strange. I, Andy, did you and I talk about that? I can't. Yeah, how you go to like friends. a store now and it's just like a wall of cards. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll take that game, case although now. you can just. You can just buy it online anyway. So I find that point? less weird than like Best Buy's like selection of weird Xbox games that are like micro cases that are like the size of a cassette that looks like a replica version of the actual Xbox game case and then it has a card in it. I'm like, why why do why is that better than just a card? I don't understand. Why do you need the card though? You well, why because you're you one of those people online because you're one of those people who doesn't trust going online and purchasing things with a card because the interwebs. So you go and pay cash for the physical card. It's for grandmas, basically, Nate. Okay. It's for grandmas. Well, it's confusing me now. It's all right. When I go into a store and say, do you have this game? And the guy walks up and points to a card. I kind what of game pissed. did this happen for? Well, no, I'm sure it's going to happen oh. is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, in five years, there won't be a GameStop. There probably won't be much at Target or Walmart. I'm going to go to Best Buy. And, Do you have this game? And the guy is just going to walk right by the physical copies and he's going to say, you just need this card. That's all you need. To me, it just doesn't make sense for the retailer. Like, what, what well, kind I mean, of margin are they making space, on that? I guess. But yeah, what are they true. making on that card? Probably nothing. Right. And then you're dedicating, like, 12 square feet of aisle space. It's true. But maybe they you don't have to put be, money into it. Like they don't do you have think like there will be a future bond. state someday where you and I or the three of us are going to like a 2% off sale and instead of thumbing through games, we're just flipping through like download cards. Think about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Think about that. That's the retro scene in 2050, my friends. Oh. I heard it then. There is a um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for PS3. Was just a card. Was just a digital card in a box, but the box is collectible. So there you go. Interesting. Some wacky world we live in. Let's finish the show out. Let's go back to it's been a while since we've done this. Some good old fashioned video game trivia via the ultimate video game trivia card game. Everyone knows it and loves it. Let's see who's better, Andy. And to catch you up, uh, I have 20 some points. Andy, one ish. I, I must have gotten one at some point. 
Yeah, to catch everyone up, Nate is a habitual liar about scores on trivia catch games. Catch you up, I hate Ryan now. Right. <laughs> well, we know who I'm voting for. Uh, which game in the Gex series was the first to be a 3D title? Gex 3D? Nope. <laughs> uh. Oh. Gex 3? Nope. 3? Huh. Had the sweet, uh, is it just two? No, it's got a colon title, Gex colon. He's in a suit, yeah. Um, 007. That would be theft, but no, it is, it is Gex enter the gecko. Oh, yeah, that uh, this one's dumb, but you guys will get it probably. Replacing Tiger Woods, which golfer became the new title athlete of the PGA Tour video game series in 2015? Professional golfer. Oh. I don't know his last name. Rory, though. Rory something. Yeah, Macklemore. Or, yeah. Macklemore. Nope. Macklemore. Uh, rapper. Oh, this is a good one. Keep Gex in mind with this one. Which video game character sets out to free the Gobos? From Baron Dante. Gobos is the key here. Oh, yeah. Croc. That is Croc. Nice have you heard the legend of the Gobos? I have. Wow. It's not a good legend. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, we tried to make a Yoshi game and fucked it up. <laughs> it's the legend of a failed Yoshi game pitched to Nintendo. Although those games, I will admit, were actually pretty solid early 3D platformers. Like, better than most people give them credit for. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to like the other shit at the time was on the PlayStation, at least was Bubsy 3D. Like Croc was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. So which rival to Phoenix Wright appeared in spinoff games from the Ace Attorney series in 2009 and 11 for the Nintendo DS? Miles Edgeworth. Yes, it is. Dang it. Originally announced at 2009 E3 conference. And released on the PlayStation 4 in 2016. Which game does the player interact with a strange creature named Trico? Oh, Last Guardian. Yep. <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is like think about the time frame there. and That could crazy. be a good movie. I was going to say Farm Simulator. Yeah, that's close. Nate 10, 92. Ish. Score. Yeah. Okay. Uh, created by Lucas Pope, which 2013 video game is set at the border of the fictional country of Arstotska? I can't. It's a Arstotska. Arstotska. I think you get a point. You get a point for that one. It's papers, please. I can't read. I'm sorry. Fictional names are hard. It's not my fault. It's fictional. I get a pass. I don't I don't know this one. Andy might. Um, first release in 2017. Which, How come you cut me out right away? Because this isn't your thing. Uh, you'll see why. <laughs> first release in 2017, which virtual reality, because you don't own one anymore, uh, game is based on the animated series Rick and Morty? Uh, I, yeah, virtual Rick. 
something? Rickality? Rickality, yes. It's just like Job Simulator. Right. And for anyone who doesn't know, Nate's VR headset was tragically lost in a move. In, in, In the war. In the war. We lost some good ones. In Stardew Valley, which purple-haired, romanceable character owns a pet guinea pig named David Jr. and plays the flute? David Sr. Wrong. Dang it. These are all games I've never played. Same here. My wife might know that, but not me. It is Abigail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anyone will get this either, but in 2016 game, in the 2016 game Doom, what format of energy is being siphoned from hell by the UAC? I I played the entirety of that game, but didn't pay attention. Right. Yeah, the lore of 2016 Doom, I don't think it was anyone <laughs> was there for, but it is apparently Argent Energy because. Okay. The story in that game somehow is relevant. I don't know. Yeah, I thought the whole joke was that you weren't supposed to pay attention to it. Right. If you know Doom Guy, you're good. Yeah. Boy, there's some hard ones in here. Hold on. In the 2007 game Crackdown, how many agility orbs are there to collect? Four. I know only because I sought out to collect them all. 360. It is 500. That is a oh, good guess. Though. So close. It was a good guess. And that was the actual game within the game, was just jumping around collecting orbs. I had way more fun doing that than playing Crackdown. <laughs> I was within 400. You were close. In Rocket League, scoring a goal whilst upside down is classified as what type of goal? Bicycle kick. Well, oh, that's, yeah, okay. Not quite. Hmm. Turtle. Turtle goal. I'm assuming there's a trophy tied to that. Hmm. Chun-Li, the Street Fighter series regular, is primarily associated with which basic fighting move? Speed kick. Kicking. I'll give it to you. Chun-Li is my girl. You're a leg guy, huh? Uh, I am a leg guy. Especially Which when pain. they move that fast. <laughs> He's a bondage guy. Kick me harder, please. Uh, in online gaming, what does the acronym MOBA mean? MOBA? MOBA. Oh, MOB. Hmm. MOBA. Multiplayer online battle arena? Yep, you nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Great Actor job, Bruce Andy. Willis provided his likeness and voice for which 29, <laughs> or 1998 game? Come Apo- on. Apocalypse. Yes, it was Apocalypse. It wasn't bad, to be honest. It was all right. <laughs> it wasn't great. Is that the first time that, like, it was a... Like a real actor? Like a it? major celeb did, like, a voice or, like, a skin... Skin yeah. and voice, yeah, possibly outside of like lifting it from like samples from movies, yeah, 
there might be some like PC like adventure games or something that might predate it. Sure. But yeah. I don't think there's anything where like a major like A lister though did start to finish the character. Yeah. It was, I mean, the really, and it hasn't happened again since. It's like not on that apocalypse and cyberpunk 2077, like went right (laughs) from Bruce Willis to Keanu 30 years later. (laughs) So amazing stuff. Uh, what was the name of the DJ in Burnout Paradise? Oh, Atomica? I remember this. Yeah, yep. that is correct. Can you hear the For some reason when now. I think DJ when I think DJ Atomica, I think Jet Set Radio Future and Jet Set Radio. But what was his name? Was it not? Mm. They can't be it. No. Hmm. Well, I I was gonna say I remember him from SSX, maybe, but could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Which 2018 video game does does the player uh, character Madeline try to climb a mountain despite being hindered by a dark version of herself? We talked about this one like two episodes ago. Meat Boy, ish. Madeline. Indie Darling from 2018. Oh, Celeste. Yeah, Celeste. In the MMORPG game, World of Warcraft, who takes over as Arthas, from Arthas as the new Lynch King? Oh, God, nobody's going to know this. (laughs) Bolvar Fordragon is the answer. Oh, Nate, liven up. What is the name of Cuphead's brother? Mugman. Good job. Yes. Everybody get everybody finally, gets guys. One. Everyone in the gets lemmings, one. what co- in the lemmings? What color hair do the lemmings have? Green. Wow, good job. You're on a roll. Ooh, because it's games I've heard of. This one's leaving a gaping hole in Nate's sad little collection. Which peripheral for the Nintendo Entertainment System allowed for up to four-player gameplay on the console? Four score. Yeah, if you were a real NES collector, you'd have one. I'm going to roundhouse kick you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was the first 3D game in the Bomberman video game series? This one's kind of easy. What was that again? Uh, First 3D Bomberman game. Bomberman 64. Yeah. That is... Oh, I love I just want to be clear. I'm on a no, roll right nobody's now. Nobody's going to get this, but I highly endorse and recommend this game. Uh, developed it. by Ubisoft Montpelier and released in 2014, which puzzle game explores the interwining lives of four playable characters against the setting of the First World War? Oh, is that the Valiant Hearts? Valiant Hearts, the Great War. It is a much better like set piece of like opposing views of people impacted by the war than it is a game, but yes, I, I love that game. I've always meant to get back to it. Yeah. I I played it's through never it in too late. sitting. I think you can get it on the Switch, like I think you can get that, like Valiant Hearts and is it like Child of Light? It's like some weird combo that's like packaged together. 
I don't know. PT was a playable teaser for which cancel video game? Andy, come on. Silent Hills? Yeah, that's right. You got the S on there. That's, that's correct. Side-scrolling beat-em-up game Castle Crashers supported how many cooperative players? Four. Four, yes. That is correct. That was a great guess. I've I never understood that, how that got so popular, that game. I think it was because it was a four-player online cooperative game Yeah, in the early days of the 360 shop. I think that was kind of... I mean, not that it's bad, but I'm with you. It's, it's surprising. Handsome Jack first appears in which video game? Hmm. Handsome Jack. Is it... Smash Bros. <laughs> Someday. Is it Borderlands 2? That's correct. In which game series might you play as Harry Tipper, Sergeant (laughs) Cortez, or a giant gingerbread man? That's the last one goes away. This is... um, Very recently played this. Yeah, uh, Time Splitters, right? Time Splitters, yeah. Yeah. Do a couple more here. Released in 2017, which game was the spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie and was developed by former Rare employees? Ukulele. Yep. It's weird that you got that, but good for you. Uh, In the dungeon-crawling game, The Binding of Isaac, which does Isaac use as his default projectile attack? Tears. Yes, the same thing oh, he yeah. uses to masturbate with. Um, <laughs> what is the tagline of the 2016 game Super Hot, referencing the game's central mechanic and its innovative take on the first-person shooter genre? Finish him. Uh, I would have said Super Hot because I just yelled that at you at that game. But apparently it is time moves only when you move. Which is true, but they don't scream that at me every time I finish a level, so. (laughs) Do, like, two more here. All right. Which 2010 Xbox 360 game by Remedy Entertainment is set in the small town of Bright Falls? Oh, Alan Wake? Yes. Okay, this is a really good one. I'll accept first names only. It says, what are the full names? We're going to be generous. What are the names of the three playable characters from Grand Theft Auto 5? I'll just take full names. If you can get the, uh, I'll just take first. If you can get the full, that's. Sean. No. Man. Jaquan. Three of them. Michael. Yep. Trevor. Yep. And I cannot remember the last guy's name. Oh, boy, that's that's racist. It's oh. Franklin, but yeah, he's Franklin, the most forgettable yes. character because his storyline kind of peters off within the first like third of that game, more or less. They really hammer Franklin's story into you early on. Yes, that's true. Then it kind of turns into Trevor messing up Michael's the, the Trevor and Michael show. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
tears. Nature's lubricant. <laughs> Nate, would you take us out? I can't after that. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Uh, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. Uh, make sure that you're checking us out on our social medias on Twitter as well as Facebook. There's a lot happening there, of course, on YouTube as well. Uh, you can find all things we can rental at weekendpodcast.com as well as geekade.com. And as always, be kind. Rewind. Bread's done. Quack. Why are there tears on my banana? <laughs> 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 <laughs>